0: All right, uh, I think we can go ahead and get started. It is five after. All right, uh, thank you everybody for being here. Welcome, panelists, and everybody in the
1: audience. I'm Connor. I'm going to be moderating today's panel again. Uh, the format is the same as it's been in the past. Some questions will be for individual response, and others will be open to a debate style for a debate style discussion where anybody can chime in. Um, introductions, closing remarks. And the discussion on tokenomics question will have some flexibility to run a little bit longer, but we will be keeping strict time on the other questions. Please keep responses to under a minute. Anything you wish to add that you were not able to say in that minute, please add it in GovCall chat or add it to your closing statements. Uh, let's go ahead and get started. Do we have Jared here? We do not have Jared. We're we missing Adam. Cyber Duck. Cyber Duck,
0: please introduce yourself, give a brief statement on what unique experiences or views you bring to the
2: Spartan Council. Do we have Cyber Duck here? Can everybody hear me? I can hear you, but I cannot hear Cyberduck. Same.
1: Ah, he said he's having a mic issue. Uh, OK, we can move on to Millie and come back to Duck. Millie, uh, your opening statement, please.
3: Yeah, sure. Uh, hey, everybody. You guys uh, know me, Millie, from the community. I was a former ambassador. I've been part of the synthetics community for a while now. Um, through my lifetime as contributing to Synthetics, I've submitted lot numerous SIPS and lots of proposals to other protocols on behalf of Synthetics. Um, you know, uh, namely Uniswap, uh, Aave, um, Gearbox, um, Optimism, several others. Um, I'm pretty active in DeFi. I, I pretty much I'm familiar with just about every protocol that's um, you know relevant and and has been relevant for the past little while. I'm pretty up to date on all the different types of um, AMMs and different ways of providing liquidity on chain. Um, Synthetics is sort of like, you know, at a score an an AMM. Um, And yeah, so I I feel like I'm, I'm, it's a, it's a good opportunity for me to get involved with um, as a counselor and on this transition to Synthetics V3, because I feel like, um, especially on tokenomics side and on a few other areas I'm, I'm, you know i'm well positioned to contribute and
2: you know how the protocol moves forward thank you millie uh, gene your introduction please uh, do we have audio for gene yes. mm-hmm. ah, there we go well hi everyone uh, my name is Geneficius, but Gene is a bit easier. Uh, people mostly know me from digital trading, ship Um
0: But Gene, we're having a hard time hearing you. Uh, you're having mic issues, just not coming through clear. What is not coming okay. through? So? Is anybody else hearing that? Uh, I, I
4: think it's a level. connection connection issue, not mic issue. At least that's what it sounds like to me.
2: Ah,
0: uh, Gene, if you if you want to try reconnecting,
2: uh, yeah, we'll give maybe you another opportunity use to. Else first. Yeah,
1: yeah, sure. Uh, Gotham, your introduction, please.
5: Hey, can you hear me? Yeah.
3: Hello? Uh, yeah, clear.
1: Yeah,
5: clear. yeah so uh, I'm Gautam. Uh, I'm I'm one of the founders of Polynomial. So, Polynomial is one of the synthetics integrators for PURPS. Currently, one of the, sometimes we do like highest volume for synthetics, sometimes Quintetus. Uh, and for me, um, from my perspective, is mostly on PURPS side. On like how how do we integrate Perps uh, uh, v3 and also on how can we onboard more traders so that um, you know their uh, OI cap limits and all those things can be taken care of, multiple collateral, all those things. So my perspective mostly comes from the integrator standpoint, and there have been like a lot of issues that have been coming up in the past few months, and like last council did not solve them, so I just wanted to like make sure like some more people like solve them much quickly and like things get resolved.
2: Thank you, Gotham. Uh, ML Sudo, your introduction, please.
4: Hi. Hey, um, so I'm currently on the Spartan Council. Uh, I started my career in private equity investing, where among the things I did was structure derivative assets. Uh, first full-time role in crypto was in the early days of Anchorage, the digital bank based in San Francisco. I was the head of BD and helped grow assets under custody to our first billion dollars. also worked with BitPay and Copper. In terms of um, counsel-type positions, I've I was on the first Zcash grant board in 2021. I'm also a trustee at Eco Protocol, where we manage a basically a stablecoin, monetary decisions for a stablecoin. There are a number of very strong candidates for the council. Some are core contributors, some are integrators, what I want to do to complement the council is with the more unbiased voice in our decision-making. Like, how do we make decisions on tokenomics and decentralization in a way that considers all the stakeholders so that ultimately we scale v 3 in the fastest and healthiest way possible? I also have a pet project, which I started this epoch, which is to make onboarding into synthetics easier by creating template financial models that traders and stakers can use to ease into what is quite a complex uh, system. Them. Uh, that's it for me. I'd like to keep working with the awesome people that ship so fast and so quickly at Synthetics.
0: Thank you, Emil Sudo. Uh, CyberDuck, uh, is your mic back online?
6: Testing, testing. There we go. Awesome. All right. Uh, all right, guys. So I think it's soon going to be like two decades that I've been mostly leading dev teams to deliver web apps uh, in Web2. But other than that, in the cryptosphere, I joined Synthetics pretty much right after the rebrand from Haven. Held and staked Synthetics, uh, I think from 50 cents all the way to all time high and back. <laughs> what a journey. Uh, I am a you know, Current Council member, I'm a Thales Council member having on the Grants Council. So I have you know a lot of a lot of experience, prior experience with our governance. I'm also a very active user of Synthetics perps, sales products, etc. And I think, like the general, in general, the value I bring to the Spartan Council is is a great understanding of our protocol, be it, be it status quo V2, but also V3. And I'll touch up on some ideas there later on. Great, thank you, Duck. Uh, Adam,
2: your introduction, please.
7: Hello, uh, Adam, current councillor, uh, loud, obnoxious voice on Twitter um have been multiple cycles now in synthetics governance uh trying to build a perspective on actually getting stuff done um and making sure that people know synthetics exists a uh, little late today because kids take forever to get to sleep um but excited for this conversation as i think we've got a lot of good potential candidates uh, this time around and it'll be good as we continue to deploy V3 to have uh, the right minds at the table.
2: Thank you, Adam. Uh, Gene, do we have you back? Is it working better now? Oh, yes, that's much better.
8: Great. Great, great, great. Let's see. Um, yeah, let was... Well, I'll start over from the beginning. Uh, I'm mostly known in uh, Deejin trading, Uh, but lately I've been engaging a lot in governance channels. And to be honest, I've been very unhappy with the progress in the last one or two epochs. I think very little gets done. And that has frustrated me a lot as a pretty large staker at the moment and you know it's always easy to be very critical from the sidelines so that's why i've decided to run myself and hopefully break some of that apathy that has slipped into the councils in my opinion uh, i've been a power user of DeFi. i've been here from the very beginning uh, i've invested in all the icos except synthetics <laughs> uh, i've had some governance experience in uh, projects like Yearn and pickle finance uh, well, i consider myself a pretty smart guy i can be very critical i can be very vocal and i think that's something that's really needed in the council right now to you know lay some fire at the boots of the counselors and you know getting things done uh, that's my prime motivation to to run this epoch I can hope I can add some value, and that we can you know move forward to lay the foundation for v three because it has to happen now. It had to had happen already, but it hasn't. But we have to do it now
2: That's basically it. Thank you very much, Jean.
0: Bert, your introduction, please.
9: Hey, guys, how's everybody doing? Um, my name is Bert. Um, I'm sure most of you know me at least a little bit. Uh, but if you don't know me, I am uh, currently working on the marketing and product side uh, with Quenta. Um, I'm a, now a longtime SNX staker. Um, it's it seems like I've I've been here forever with you all. And uh, I, I want to um, well, I'm currently on the council, and I would like to take another crack at the council because I think there are some uh, fairly important things in the pipeline coming with the release of V3 Perps, and we really need uh, somebody who has a perspective, uh, kind of from uh, as a trader, um, which is primarily kind of how I got into synthetics and Quenta and all this stuff uh, in the first place. Is that I'm a very active trader. Um, I've uh, at this point, you know, done uh, nine figure, yeah, nine figures of volume on uh, synthetics perps. I love the product, and I just want to see us be the dominant uh, liquidity layer of um, decentralized derivatives. So that's really my goal here. Um, I know there are a lot of kind of open questions as we move into V three, like how we uh, want to scale this project. Uh, well. Ah, uh, kind of maintaining the value of SNX collateral, um, how we're able to work with uh, our increasing, hopefully increasing list of integrators, um, and keep them happy while, um, also directing, um, you know, value at the synthetics token. So I think all of these, uh, all of these questions, I hope to help answer. I've been engaging in a little bit of the discussion, um, and I'd like to make this a, a very productive epic, hopefully for trying to figure out how we can scale this into the ultimate, the dominant DeFi purpose and DeFi derivatives layer. Um, So that's kind of my goal for the Epic.
2: Thank you, Bert. Uh, Troy, your introduction, please.
10: Uh, Hey, everyone. I'm Troy. I'm a CC um, on the Synthetix team. I'm working on uh, data and analytics infrastructure right now and kind of working on other uh, tooling for like interacting with the contracts, monitoring the contracts, um, and like improving our ability to kind of like capture data and do like great analysis, and, like understand um, what's going on with the protocol. Uh, prior to working at Synthetics, I was working at Quinta uh, for about a year. I held a few different, I wore a bunch of different hats uh, doing kind of like data and uh, front-end work starting with. Perps V1 and Perps V2, um, implementing like all of the front end stuff there, as well as a bunch of the other kind of um, surrounding tooling and analysis and data things around there. Um, and prior to working in crypto, I held a few different uh, roles doing like analytics and data science uh, for both kind of like product growth and uh, as well as some like consulting work um i've got experience doing this kind of like ab testing like driving product decisions using data like understanding your users and growth uh like like using that stuff to to influence growth which i think is especially uh important for uh this transition to v3 and kind of like opening up uh the number of markets and and ways that people can can use uh synthetics like understanding who who is using it and and how um so that's that's one thing that I that I hope to uh to bring to the council and then the other um is that like I have this kind of unique uh experience of being both working for an integrator and uh working directly on the protocol itself um there's a lot of questions I think uh about Kind of like incentives and and how uh, how synthetics will kind of work with its integrators and and I think this kind of uh, experience will be helpful in those conversations as well. So thank you.
0: Thank you, Troy, and Jackson, your introduction, please.
11: Um, yeah, hey guys, I'm Jackson here. Um, so <clears throat> I'm, I've been on council um, for since I think uh, December this uh, year, uh, well last year and uh, have previously been a, a core contributor uh, for vedics um you know currently uh you know i do a lot of um you know investing in DeFi space and also um, just general research in different uh, per- protocols um it's kind of like the interest for uh myself and uh so yeah, I've been been across a lot of the products uh, that synthetics um, has and I think the most interesting one at the moment that um, for us is obviously uh, v free and also um, the purpose protocol which is generating the uh, largest you know, the about most amount of fees. Um, and I think uh, with, with what what's coming up I think you know obviously uh, genes uh, point, coming across uh, you know that things are going slow uh, to v3 because there's a big transition at the moment um, going from v2 to you know the new system and there's a lot of um, things that still needs to be uh, kind of like worked out you know things like um, uh, SNX or uh, being uh, other other collateral non non sNX collateral is, is something that's um, I think quite um, important to work out uh sooner um in this upcoming epoch and also i think another area where you know we will see a lot of uh improvements in the protocol would be uh how how do we onboard allow people to onboard onto uh, trading on on the purpose market you know people who are just not on optimism um as as we see um you know the l2 different l2s um kind of like heat up um and compete you know with like things like base being really popular now. Uh, you've got Mantle. Um, yeah, so how, how can synthetics capture that really um, in the next six months? Um, yeah, that's the brief intro about myself.
0: Thank you, Jackson. Uh, all right, moving on to the next
1: question. Just before you do, reminder to everybody responses under a minute, please. At a minute, I'll ask you uh, to. End your response and add anything else you wish to add in GovCall chat. Alternatively, you could save any further remarks for your closing statements. Question two: What is your long-term vision for synthetics, and how will being a member of the Spartan
0: Council fulfill that vision? Millie, we'll hear from you first on this question.
2: Um, yeah, sure. So um,
3: my long-term vision for synthetics is essentially, I think it was the original vision. Um, like the original vision for synthetics was infinite liquidity but i feel like it wasn't really that it just we called it that the real vision because liquidity technically like you know it's not infinite and um like just by laws of physics right it's it's capped it's it's finite but what is infinite is expressivity and the protocol has gone through this trajectory of like being very opinionated like so opinionated where you know you could made you could made very like, you could use like very primitive financial instruments, um, like you know we used to have the inverse sense and like those were like you know very difficult to trade and use. And then we the protocol adapted and now what it has is like something that's you know quite well and it pr- and it prices the risk of being a counterparty to um, different traders expressivity quite well. So I feel like the protocol has you know grown a lot and it's become infinite like a lot more expressive than it was when we, you know the original synthetics and i feel like it's going to continue
1: uh, thank you millie uh that's the end yeah, of the I minute just
3: wanted... yeah okay go ahead
1: yeah adam we'll hear from you next on this question please millie go ahead and add anything you had to add in gov call chat
7: yeah my long-term vision for synthetics has remained consistent it's this b to b or protocol to protocol kind of approach where the aim should be to build a modular layer of liquidity that any protocol can integrate with. And I've always framed this uh, as the WordPress of liquidity or as uh, you know, some have said that's too outdated and went with the Shopify of liquidity. Uh, but the goal here should be that we're making tools that allow any DeFi system to be bootstrapped permissionlessly uh, on top of synthetics where we're taking care of component uh, and making it as simple, straightforward, and permissionless as possible, so that we can be that core unifying liquidity layer across protocols, protocol types, chains, wherever you want to deploy a new Defi system. On the back end, you're tapping in to synthetics.
2: Thank you, Adam. Uh, Cyberduck, your response to this question, please.
6: Uh, all right, I, I'll be concise. Uh... My vision synthetics will be basically multiple and there will basically be multiple and multi chain applications sourcing liquidity and collateral through synthetics, not only perps, but also other exotic products with majority of the fees accruing to synthetics token. That's the gist of it.
2: Thank you, Doc. Gene, your response?
8: um simply add synthetics to a blockchain integrate oracles and instantly create a thriving defi ecosystem with mature on-chain governments we are empowering entire ecosystem that operate with resilience and censorship resistance this is a quote i stole but i think this very much describes how synthetics v3 should be in the future uh, a plug and play system of lego lego blocks you know where you can deploy on any EVM chain, your project, and have it ready to go. Uh, well, that's that's the end vision, uh, but there are a lot of holes, and those need to be closed. One of the biggest is the as next token. Uh, the future of the as next token is very uncertain, and has always played a very important role in the system, but how? his role is going to be in v3 is very unclear. Uh, so I see the token as, as still playing a crucial role, still having a very strong uh, I, Thank you, Gene. Confusion.
1: That's that's the end of the minute. We are going to gonna... feed through.
8: Gene, feed through.
1: thank you. We will be getting to a tokenomics discussion later. Thank you very much. Uh, Jackson, your response to this question, please.
11: Um, yeah, so I think long-term vision is where we can actually see um, SoFetix as the go-to platform <clears throat> with integrators and um, being able to trade uh, on on any. So um, I think there's this whole push to, you know, not just <clears throat> the liquidity um, on uh, Optimism, so um, traders can have their uh, you know favorite, uh, you know, whether it's uh, USDC or USDT and you know provide that really good trader experience uh for anyone to just deposit margin and trade um on on synthetics perps i think there's also that a goal of in the next month uh in the next few months uh, to actually be um be able to use uh, for, for for lp's who don't actually want to just have fnx but also accrue fees so you know there's that vision to be able to grow synthetics above uh you know the current tv out it has um so yeah. the larger the more markets it can have the more liquidity
0: thank you very much jackson yeah. uh, ml pseudo uh, your response to this question please
4: thanks for keeping time um so i think all the above are really important so i don't want to be repetitive and frankly a lot of these ideas are ultimately constrained by our resources and reality. So I think for me, what I want to say is at a meta level, I want to help synthetics become a role model for all of DeFi and crypto. And what do I mean by uh, role model? I think it's three things. Number one is how innovative we are with product mix. And I think we have been. Uh, Number two, how financially sustainable our protocol is. And number three, how fairly governance is carried out. So I think what we need to focus on is number one on refining the product and product UX. Um, number two, how we sustain ourselves without inflation. And finally setting an example for you know other protocols in terms of transparency and fairness. I think we have a very high quality bench of people, especially relative to some other ecosystem. So I, I do think we have a chance to become this sort of role model.
0: Thank you very much, uh, Sudo. Troy, your response, please.
10: Uh, yeah, so my I hope my vision doesn't stress someone like Caleb out, but like you know, my vision is that Synthetics would have uh, sort of like more integrations that can even be uh, actively managed by the team. Like this, this new architecture allows for for such like wide um, scaling that I'd be really excited to just like not even be able to uh, keep up with with uh, stuff being um, deployed on Synthetics and gets. A pretty lofty vision, but I think it's achievable as long as the uh, structure and like incentives are in place um to do this. And I think like v three is is the right time to do this where we can hear from like the integrators who have who have built things in the past and the people who are planning to build things in the future. There's a lot of excitement in the community right now and just like understand what they need in order to kind of thrive and build this framework that helps people achieve that. so um yeah, I have some I have some experience um being on the other side, like I mentioned, uh and and also um I'm working on on uh v3 and some of the markets that we're building now. So so I hope to use um some of that kind of experience to help Thank- future integrators.
1: Thank you, Troy. Uh Bert, your response to this question, please.
9: Yeah, so um, uh, I agree with a lot of what uh, has already been said about scaling uh, synthetics to be a uh, a kind of a plug and play solution that a lot of people on different chains can use for their own projects. Um, I think I would also like to add that I think no matter what we do, um, perps is going to be uh, kind of the dominant moneymaker. So I want to um, keep that in mind as we move forward that uh, that PERPS is going to be kind of the ultimate use case. What a lot of people want in terms of a derivative is leveraged exposure to Delta. And so if we make sure to get the PERPS experience um, as as wonderful as possible from both the trader and the integrator side, um, I think that's really going to be the secret to scaling. And I think we can uh, scale this to doing, you know, not just 1 billion in volume, but tens of billions. Um, Well, the entire decentralized perp space, I expect to be doing uh, eventually uh, hundreds of billions in daily volume. I mean, that's what we saw from centralized exchanges during the last bull run. There's a lot of, uh, you know, it, it's going to take some time for us to reach that point. But um, I, I think we should really keep in mind that this thing can grow. We are not stuck here. Um, so that's, you, that's my perspective.
1: Thank you, Bert. Gotham, uh, your response to this question, please.
5: Uh, so. Uh... The long-term vision for synthetics is the same reason why we decided to build on synthetics, which is that it has like a massive liquidity where like, you know, you can build perps. And currently we are capped at like 500, 600 million per day. I wanted to grow because for us to be anything reliable or for like polynomial to survive, at least like this should do at least billions, tens or hundreds of billions of dollars in volume. That is like the most important thing, at least in my perspective. And for that, there needs to be a lot of things that should be more liquidity and many more like advancements but uh, currently like there is a good delta neutral pool and many good innovations that has come so i think like having more things like that coming up and them happening much faster would be good and i think i understand how these things work and since we are on the integrator side and more people are integrating but like that also needs to be profitable so uh, that is kind of where like we come i come from
0: Thank you very much Gotham. Uh moving
1: on to question 3. This question will be for this question is open to the group, kind of a follow-up to the previous question. Please give a few examples of how you might imagine protocols integrating Synthetics V3. Again, open to the group
0: uh chime in as you see fit.
5: Um okay, I'll start. Uh so like you, you can build anything on top of V3. Uh uh, we have built PowerPurps, which is like uh, expiry-less options, it's live on testnet, we did like two audits, it's, it's it's there, but after building it, we realized the truth is like, it doesn't matter if you make like such small products with small market caps, perps are always going to be the bigger market cap share, you can build a product which will have like 10 million or 20 million in volume daily, but like, you would rather go after the bigger fish, which is perps at the moment, so like, you can build anything and we have built also power if anybody wants to try and just send it to you but like the point is that it's better to focus on and make it like really really good than like try out a bunch of stuff in my, in my opinion. Uh, because we wasted a lot of money on power
2: yeah I mean
3: I, I'll, I'll jump in I think I somewhat agree with Gotham I think you know perps are definitely the dominant and that's mainly because the, the mechanics of perps gives you the best access to leverage. It gives you better access to leverage than options. Just like options, the way they're priced, is just like really complicated. And average person, you know, can't price that leverage well. But like perps is very easy. Like you get like really efficient leverage. And especially with synthetics, because it's a Deadpool model, you know, you get on demand, like instant uh, leverage right away. And that's why it's like, um, uh, that's why like everyone likes it. And I think even for protocols, the building on top of things, that's like the ideal thing. And you know, touching on like what what I was just saying before that, like when you have like an infinitely expressive protocol, it doesn't matter who, like you can build it, if you build it right, any integrator, we can build anything on it, like traders can trade and you can also have like, you know, uh, a stablecoin issuer like hedge on synthetics. You could have uh, protocols using it to create vaults, just infinite like different things you can build as long as the core protocol itself has like, um, you know, enough expressivity
10: yeah, that's that's like one point I think is important is like you know this question is, you know, like what what do we imagine protocols building? And like um, in some way, like i don't i I don't actually like find myself to be the authority on like what people should be building on this. Like of course, there's things I would be excited about or more more excited about or less excited about. um, but really, like not not knowing or like the curiosity there is is one of the better parts of like what I think we're building here. Um, and I think especially knowing like people could build uh weird like options, interest rate swaps, I don't know, like whatever stuff exists in Tradfile, find out if there's any demand for the stuff in DeFi. But um, the really kind of like cool or exciting thing here is like this is a, a huge improvement to previous like DeFi projects where people needed to try to attract their own liquidity and like. You know print some token or do some short term term incentives and try and like bump up their communities and whatever. Um, like offering people some tools to kind of uh, route around route around some of that and uh, to be able to to kind of give them access to to these kind of tools I think is is really the exciting part for me uh, yeah
2: so another good.
6: example uh, and another example of non perp integration is Tails basically coming back home, or at least partially. Tails currently has a bunch of AMMs that, you know, back Tails markets and overtime sport markets, and those AMMs need liquidity. And this liquidity can also be sourced through synthetics as a V3 pool. So I've had a bunch of discussions with Synthetix CC on how to, how to address number of V3 design nuances that might make it tricky, but I think we can make it work. And uh, I already shared that There's a work-in-progress spec written already, and uh, we're going to try to make that happen.
7: I think one of the fallacies that we have is that if we build it, they'll come. And this is such a complex system that we need focus on building the tooling for our ecosystem. So I'd love to see some integrations that are really focused on that front-end experience around deployability and I I kind of compare it to uh, a system like RARI, which had allowed for permissionless deployments of money markets. I'd love to see us template and build out kind of these uh, core templates for perps, AMMs, money markets, for anyone to deploy and adjust the parameters and pools tailored to their needs across different assets and risks models. Uh, Because RARI kind of showed us there's this demand for unique markets built by their community out there in these no code environments. Uh, and I think we have a huge potential to fill that void across multiple product categories and show what a best-in-class and diverse experience we can build on top of Synthetics v3.
9: Yeah, I, I really agree with that point, Adam, that um, I think it's not necessarily uh, an issue of just just throwing something out there and expecting people to build. I think you have to kind of canvas uh, and, and provide tooling and one of the uh wonderful things I think uh, that we have right now um, we heard earlier that rage trade actually um, used the Quenta SDK shout out to Troy for starting that um in order to integrate with synthetics perp so I think for me the the number one thing I would like to see is to make sure that there's always some kind of open source building going on on synthetics because this provides a template uh, for people to build kind of their own ideas. It, we're we're trying to canvas other people to come up with the ideas we don't necessarily need to come up with them ourselves um we and shout out to uh to doink actually for for starting it in addition to troy um and so the the other thing that we need to do in addition to uh kind of providing these templates for people is to have a very open governance system where we are actually willing to step in and help people navigate uh governance in in order to provide you know a- access to the Spartan pool or whatever people might need from us, uh, because people are going to be coming in not necessarily knowing how to navigate these systems, and we are the experts here. So uh, we're really the uh, kind of the keystone to that.
2: So we were basically handed something on the silver platter uh, a while ago. It will
12: be built on perps, of course, but I think uh, the de- Delta neutral stable coins could be a very good use case for synthetics, and uh, Etina basically came to us asking if it was possible to build on an us. And I think that's really something we should really give attention. I haven't heard anything about it lately, uh, mainly because they are waiting for V3 to be completed. But that's something I'm really excited
2: for as something to widen the. Uh- All right. Uh, thank you, everybody. Anything to add, uh, ML
0: or Jackson? I didn't hear from you on this question.
4: Uh, yeah, I think this, uh, this question is well explored by many of the integrators that are running for the council. And I certainly hope that some of them, many of them make it on the council. Because We need the insider view on what's difficult for them to onboard or grow within our ecosystem.
11: Um I, I think there's a there's quite an interesting uh, you know integrator coming along, you know, I, you know Infinix, uh, as well would be really uh, exciting for the protocol, you know that trader experience, um, you know mobile friendly, um, <clears throat> being able to access just the um, it, it, especially V free, I think different markets, uh, more exotic markets that I the current V2 version doesn't have an appetite to uh, be able to uh, list um, and also uh, being able to create markets that um, potentially could with 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 the right uh, feeds and the right markets. um, We could have uh, other assets that are like, you know, representing real world assets. Um, um, Yeah, things like those, I think those are quite interesting for integrators um, in the future um that things that we can't support right now. Yeah, more forex markets and <clears throat>
2: higher leverage. All
0: right. Thank you, Jackson, and everybody else for your response to that question. This next question will be for individual
1: response. And we will be starting with Jackson. When does synthetics stop inflationary rewards and should it stop?
11: Um this is quite an interesting question. Um, in that, so inflation has been gradually, uh, you know, been reduced um, as the incentives that we need. Um, and I think we would have to look at you know setting in uh, through a SIP uh, once a fee reven- the fees um, from the exchange or trading activity, is a, a certain level where staking becomes um, attractive. Um, enough and uh, for what it is then we can actually uh, look at stopping the inflationary rewards Um, so and potentially even looking at a buyback uh, doing buybacks and uh, you know burning uh, SNX actually is something that we could look at as well Um, once we reach above a threshold of uh, fees so uh, we can take the portion of that fees and even you know look at you know Reducing the capping out, you know, there, there's there's the talks of like uh, let's say like 300 million SNX in circulation. So um, that would be something to explore. Um, you know, currently uh, the ah. fees already are monthly. Thank you, Jackson. We we yeah. do have to move on. Thank you, please. Uh, Thank you.
1: Bert. Uh, your response to this question, please.
9: Yeah, so my response to uh, when sh- we should stop inflationary rewards is that we don't necessarily ever need to stop inflationary rewards. Um, and I know a lot of people will probably wince at that, but inflation is fairly low. Um, I think a lot of people just have kind of PTSD from when we were in hyperinflationary conditions, and that was definitely—I uh, don't think the best—the uh, the best move for us, right? Um, so we're we're currently just waiting for that overhang to fall off but i don't think inflation is a particularly um uh, a particular threat to us right now i think if anything what we want to do is keep in mind that this could be a very powerful incentive as we move into v3 if we would like to uh incentivize various staker behavior other than uh or lp behavior other than just uh, staking as we're doing now and we can just keep it low and and use it um when there's a reason to use it um, but, yeah, I don't think there's really any pressure to go to complete zero. I think we just need to not go back to hyperinflation, and that is probably the best, uh, <laughs> the best move.
1: Thank you, Bert. Uh, ML, your response, please.
4: Great. I was hoping I would go next. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I love what Bert said about inflation. It doesn't need to go to zero. Uh, we just don't. We, we just need to be very careful. It doesn't go back to hyperinflation. I think in the longer term, it's absolutely necessary to kind of bring it down to even lower levels. Um, uh, at some point, consider stopping, maybe. Um, but if a let's say a regular listed company were to continually dilute their shares without correspondingly rapid rate of value creation, it would lead stockholders to question the value of their holdings. Um, So I think it's important to keep thinking about it, but it's very risky to halt inflation and launch a new version, new tokenomics at the same time. So I don't think stopping now or anytime in the very near future is the right move. Um, If inflation continues to be a point of strong contention, then I think we need to be very specific and, and, and come up with measurable metrics on what problem it's actually causing.
0: Thank you very much, ML. Uh, Millie, your response
1: to this question, please.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think I agree with my colleagues a, a, a bit on this, but I think part of the reason that inflation is an issue is the way it's being inflated. We're giving out, like, we're sort of over-inflating too right now, like it's misspending because inflation is sort of this escort SNX, and so the market discounts that escort SNX, but we're still inflating that supply. That supply is going on to the market, and they're minting against it but it's sort of like discounted heavily because it's one-year lockup. So I think we need to for sure be done with one-year lockup escrow stuff because that's completely killed composability for the protocol. Um, so it might have in the first years, but now we need to do away with it. And once we do away with it, I think you get very effective current, like, um, you know, bang for your buck on your inflation. Um, so I think, really, and, and I don't even want to call it inflation. I want to call it emissions because it's more like emissions. And it's sort of like what you use to incentivize a certain behavior on chain and so like ETH has emissions, Bitcoin has emissions, you need to have certain emissions to sustain a certain amount, of um, to have the protocol be at a sustainable level. And I think realistically, um, if you just, you know, create the mechanism so that it, it, people don't discount the inflation, it's used very effectively, you could have very, very, very little emissions and, you know, get the turnout and the results that you want. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, and yeah. the end of the day emissions are part of blockchain systems, they have to be. Mm-hmm.
1: Emily, thank you very much uh, troy your response to this question please
10: yeah i i agree um i think a lot with what uh like bert and and Sudo said um i think you know like uh, gov- governance like basically uses um inflation right now to like incentivize good behavior like good staking behavior um I think it would be hard to to advocate for like shutting it off entirely, since we don't really know like what the outcome of of any of that would be. And kind of like Bert said, like I kind of just think that's a little bit of like a red herring at this point. Like we're just we're just kind of missing the point, which is that um I think we have I think we have bigger questions on what to do with the the uh, tokenomics this epic. And so like I'm not uh, really sure that we should be. Um, like this is the dial we should be turning, and my intuition is that as like fees increase, that um, inflation will have a smaller impact on stakers' behavior, anyways. Uh, hopefully, and and so that like kind of reduces the the amount of uh, like what's necessary for us to do here um, compared to to kind of like the previous sort of super hyper inflationary um, tokenomics.
0: Thank you, Troy. Uh, Gene, your response to this question, please. Uh, if you are a well-behaved staker and keep up your
12: your the right c ratio and you claim all the time, you know you're not getting diluted at all. So I'm not really agreeing with the point that inflation leads to dilution because it doesn't. It does if you are not a right a good staker. But that's you know step up your game and be a better staker. I think the stakers need to be rewarded for their good behavior. So shutting off inflation altogether. It, it's never a good idea in my opinion. I think uh, as our income of from fees is rising, it would make sense to, to lower it, of course. But I think uh, a low inflation
0: in, in the infinite is probably the way we should go. Thank you very much gene adam your response please
7: yeah i think our inflation is a a symptomatic crutch of a bygone era that there is no need for and no excuse for in this day and age having a a time-based inflation uh we should be focusing our emissions as millie has rightfully put it uh to only be emitted when the protocol is gaining measurable value uh in in the form of Fees or interest coming in from actual trade usage of it or protocol owned liquidity being captured in fee pairs and trading pairs. That's the time to be emitting SNX uh, when it is coming back to value accrued within the protocol long term. Uh, we're seeing no behavioral changes when we adjust the inflation rate, neither up nor down. And, and so we are dramatically overpaying in time based dilution for something that is having no tangible impact. Uh, on the protocol's behavior, and that needs to stop.
2: Thank you, Adam. Cyber Duck, your response, please. Uh,
6: all right. Inflation does not have to stop. Well, I'm not against non-inflationary tokens and their appeal. Low inflation does go incentivize staking over here, which is a behavior we do want to encourage. On the other side, you can have inflation and buybacks running parallel. At Taylor's, for example, uh, there's a buyback and burn mechanism that's on track to burn 4% of Thales' supply in a year right now, despite having inflation from Treasury that's higher than that burn rate. And that incentivizes certain behavior as well. Uh, in V in V3, we could also potentially be looking to have pool differentiated inflation to bootstrap liquidity in certain pools and markets. That's maybe something worth the discussion. But the overall inflation, if you know, has a certain goal to achieve, is not a bad thing. Obviously, I'm not happy with uh, over, super high inflation. Keep it low, but only if it makes sense to incentivize certain behavior.
0: Thank you, Doc. Uh, and Gotham, your response, please.
5: Uh, hi. Yeah, I, I think it, it depends on the revenue, the protocol. And currently, we are moving into V3. So uh, at this moment, we can't say we need to let it be live. And we need to see how much fees that is coming out because uh, currently, a lot of the fees is subsidized by OP. So there is a lot of unknowns over there. So right now, making a decision is kind of like way too early. and as long as the revenue is good then inflation is fine that's what i think so it depends on the what happens in the next few months and right now it's too early to say
1: thank you gotham Uh, moving on to the next question next question is also for individual response are current integrated rewards too low Do you think the current model for synthetics fee sharing with front ends is appealing enough? And how would you change it or improve it? Bert, we'll hear from you first on this one.
9: Um, Yeah, so my answer is going to be a a pretty clear yes, because, uh, well, Quenta is frankly not profitable um, doing uh, a 5% uh, fee share. So, of course, you're not going to have any integrators that want to continue building if they're forking out money from their own pockets in order to do it. Um, now, exactly what that number would be, um, I think, is going to be something that integrators, uh, in, including me, will need to kind of prove and advocate for over the course of the next epic. Um, I would say, you know, a, a lot of uh, a lot of people have thrown around the thirty percent number just based on what D Y D X uh, splits between their token holders and LPs. I'm not sure we necessarily need to just do what D Y D X does. But I think what we could probably do is, um, is talk about exactly how integrators at this stage plan to use uh, that, that revenue. And um, I, I, think, uh, I think we'll find that, that there's actually a way that, um, in fact, these, these kind of larger scary numbers might, might make sense if integrators are actually putting a lot of that to use.
1: Thank you, Bert. Uh, Gotham, your response to this question, please
5: i um, waiting for this for a long time. Yeah, so I, I think there should be uh, higher. Uh, so like it's currently the ways like you make 10% fees and the more performant you become like you get worse, like you end up getting like 5% of the fees. And if you look at it like uh, only Quenda and Polynomial have survived as the integrator over the last few months, it's because we both spent a massive amount of OP and Quenda uh, spends their own token to get the traders uh, to trade on the platform as well. And it is more like... Uh, for every uh, like last week, I think it was like 150k from SYNDSOP and like we gave like 40, 30 or some, something like that. So essentially, it's it's like uh, we are like spending much, much more than the fees we got last month we got like 20, 30k or something as SNX. And the worst thing is that money doesn't even come on time. It comes like one month late. It's like really like weird in the whole mechanism. So it should be firstly on chain. So that it just happens automatically, and secondly, it should be a much uh, either it can be like you know the market share is very big and the volume and everything is like quite high, so that it is like uh, balanced out, or like uh, the rewards should Thank be you. higher. I Thank think you. like twenty.
1: That Thank you, Gotham. We do have to move on. Uh, Jackson, your response to this question, please.
11: Um, I think. <clears throat> current integrator rewards feedback uh, has been uh, on the low side um with uh, fee free we're exploring uh, ability for integrators to add on a fee um on top of uh you know what the, the fees are required to compensate um you know lps um and we're open i think to exploring just uh higher fee share amounts uh, to make it uh also sustainable and I think as uh, we've seen, uh, you know, Quenta and other integrators, uh, it doesn't have to be an ex- exclusive uh, relationship just to support synthetics. Um, uh, so they could have their trading platform, you know, provide service to other models. Um, but I think there's also something to worth exploring in the future is uh, that having uh, SNX give, uh, used as incentive for integrators and having them use that and stake and earn fees through that as well. So they're kind of like a, more more or less like a a JV kind of thing where they're owning a a share of SNX that then um, earns them an upside as well when trading volume um, fees increase.
1: Thank you very much, Jackson. Adam, your response to this question, please.
7: Yeah, I think the 5% uh, base level makes sense to start, especially because in V3, Integrators are able to or going to be able to tack on an additional markup fee to transactions if they want to and that optionality is on their end But I'd definitely be open to voting in favor of models that allow us to give a different range of kickback fee based on the class of their economic model. So, for example, if they're integrating uh, SNX into their pool as a type of collateral, if they're integrating uh, SNX into their product more broadly, then we can up those levels through a governance process and kind of customize it a bit more. I think there should be a low blanket rate for permissionless integration to start. And then as they tie more closely to the product experience and grow we can continue to up that so someone like quenta should be earning a higher rate now uh, whereas other models may not make sense to move much beyond the base rate
2: thank you very much adam Uh, Millie, your response to this question please
3: yeah, um, it's kind of a tough one. I mean, I'm definitely, um, I'm a minority front-end supporter. So I do support polynomial be you know, just because they're minorities and just to keep them, um, you know, just support that minority front-end so they don't ever go out. And I sort of think that, you know, we should be um, like at least sympathetic to uh, like, you know, some of this, uh, the concerns raised by BERT and um, Gotham, because obviously they're the integrators. And if they're saying that they're not getting paid enough, then there's something to that. Um, but there is a reason that if like you felt like, not getting enough, there's a reason for that. It's because the model wasn't proven, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, PERSP2 still kind of new and it wasn't empirical that like LPs will be profitable, especially since they weren't in the past. And you know, that's been a huge problem. Like the fees were specifically there to secure the LPs, you know, positions and make sure that they're not going insolvent. And so there were a very like important fee purpose for them. And so, you know, I think now that we're getting some imperial data that LPs are profitable, we could, you know, begin exploring alternative ways to ensuring that, you know, the front ends are, compensated adequately. And in the meantime, I'm also open to like, you know, um, as Adam mentioned, like, or and Jackson is giving um in terms of like directing emissions to front ends as well for, you know, to subsidize them for now. But I think for for the most part, if there's empirical data LPs are profitable, then I think from there we draw like a good analysis as to how much fees we could divert on extra.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Millie. Uh Cyberduck, your response to this question, please.
6: Um uh... Yeah. So the fees certainly appear to be low, as suggested by you know both Bert and Gotham. Uh, well, I don't want to suggest any specific model right now. There's a lot to discuss. Uh, an increase is definitely warranted, and I'd be I would be very happy if, if the integrators themselves come forward with a proposal of you know what will work for them, and then we can discuss. Uh, but yeah, that's the gist of it for me.
0: Uh, thank you, Duck uh, ML. Your response, please.
4: Yeah, I'm not highly qualified to answer this question because I don't have personal experience working at or negotiating with the integrators. However, it does seem to be an issue that is increasingly becoming quite acute. And I think it'll be even more so when we start to promote V3. So obviously for the next epoch, this is something we need to methodically explore to duck suggestion, perhaps proposals from integrators would be one way forward. But from a first principle standpoint, there should be kind of, A, a market-driven approach. What do integrators get from some of our competitors? And B, a bottoms-up calculation of what's reasonable, right? We we don't want to kind of overextend ourselves um, because it's hard to retract later. So I think the answer should be somewhere in between these points.
2: Uh, thank you, ML. Uh, Troy, your response to this question, please.
10: Yeah, I think. Um... Yeah, I agree with what a lot of people have said, which is just that the the re- the current reward I think is too low. Stakers are currently benefiting from outsourcing things like community management, customer support, acquisition, like marketing, infrastructure development, all of this stuff um, that these teams are doing, and so like they they do like deserve a, a cut for that because they're they're generating fees for. For stakers, but um kind of kind of back to like you know, incentives uh, or or like um, uh, you know, the current current incentives. like I think the best situation here is one that actually grows the pie, like adds more new people, sort of like Bert is saying now, like we need to do acquisition in this way and grow the pie instead of um giving giving integrators sort of like a cut of fees, which they could use to sort of just to sort of like vampire attack each other's communities. I, th- I think that wouldn't really benefit um, anyone in those communities or in the synthetics community. Um, so I'm open to, to proposals which which can uh, sort of solve for that and, sure. and make sure that we're adding sort of new Thank people you. to the
1: Thank you, Troy. system. Sorry, any, anything else you have to add, uh, please put it in GovCall chat. Gene, Gov uh, we'll
2: call. hear from you last on this question. I argue that we need
12: to flip it around. Uh,
0: We need to
12: incentivize winners. So instead of uh, having a tier system that goes down uh, the more volume you bring, we should flip it around and give them a higher fee share the better they perform. Now, somebody brought up in the chat that. It could lead to vampire attacks, but I think you could design a system where you put in some checks, some criteria to, you know, sort of filter bad behavior out, and measure on, you know, uh, for example, a new volume and not vampire volume of other integrators. But I think uh, we should very much incentivize integrators to be better, and I think flipping it around gives them that incentivize. And it leads to a win-win. You know? They get a higher fee share. We get fees from a higher pie. So in the end, all parties you know, benefit. And there is some sort of uh, internal competition. Sure that healthy. Thank
1: you. Thank you very much, Gene. Thank you very much, Gene. We will be moving on to the next question. Uh, once again, this is the discussion on tokenomics. Time limits will be a little more lax, uh, given how important it is. Uh, second to last question before we hear closing remarks. For the current epic. many council members ran on a platform of advancing the V3 tokenomics discussion discussion towards some sort of solution. Some feel that there hasn't been meaningful progress made towards this promise. What needs to be addressed on SNX tokenomics in the coming epic in order to agree on a model for the future of synthetics and specifically... What are your thoughts on using external collateral to meet protocol liquidity needs? This question is open for discussion.
7: It's travesty that we have a V3 deployment without clarity on what the tokenomics are going to look like moving forward. Uh, and I would vote in favor of an SIP that fully suspends all stipends and treasury payments to anyone until we get it resolved. Um, We need specific votes on what collateral should be approved. And I think generally everybody agrees on ETH and SNX being involved. We need a vote on the fee split and a vote on making sure that SNX is continuing to accrue the bulk of the staking fees. There are a lot of complexities that people continue to advocate for and we get lost in the weeds, but I think 90% of this community agrees on those core tenants and those can easily be passed in three separate votes and added to later on.
3: i will jump in if no one else so I honestly, I think you know this issue is um like really pressing. and the problem is that everyone keeps looking at it as like this price to earning ratio of like the market cap to the fees and and like, you know it, it, this doesn't work, right? Like the, the way you have to design it is you have to look at these fees as they secure the whole protocol. If the fees don't work, they're not directed correctly, the protocol won't function. It's like you know the whole security of the protocol relies on this. So it has to be such that like it, the value accrues to the token in a way that um, it, it makes the protocol function correctly. So the protocol is not going to upgrade itself. It needs upgradability. And, you know, the governance tokens have gotten this really bad name over time, but they're really not bad. The only reason why they've gotten a bad name is because the protocols like Uniswap. And Uniswap is a huge exception in like this in this world of, of of crypto because it has very, very, very little trust assumptions. It has fewer trust assumptions than Bitcoin or ETH. Right. Uh, to- the only trust assumption that Uniswap has is that the code works and that Ethereum functions. That's it. That's all it has, right? It doesn't even need governance. No part of it does. So even if there is fees to the token, it would be a waste. They'd be stealing from LPs because they don't do anything. But For synthetics, because there is this upgradability, because you need to price risk for LPs, because they can't price it themselves because it's a really complex product. The- because we need to do that, the- there has to be substantial you know, uh, consensus incentives. And that's what they call them. They're not fees- like a P/E ratio or like dividends, They're not that. They're consensus incentives and the consensus incentives need to be heavily skewed to ensure that the protocol is long-term, uh, scalable, upgradable, and that you know it doesn't fall apart. But with that said, you also need to make sure that the LPs are profitable. So I, that's why I think you know you do. I, I think it's better to open up with so, somewhat of an aggressive model where the fees, um, you know, are are split between uh, LPs and the token holders, but with the exception that token holders have to fulfill obligations of voting, like uh, clearing the voting queue. So governance queue, any kind of votes, because I think we should be transitioning to on-chain voting. And I feel like if you don't, uh, so if you vote on, let's say there's 20 proposals out of a month, I think we should switch to monthly epochs. And if you only vote out of, let's say, half of those proposals, then you only get half the fees for that epoch. Or you can delegate your votes to someone, but if they only vote on half of the proposals, you only get half of the fees for that month. So th- I think that you know that's the only way to go forward. And I think we should heavily skew the fees to the token and start with, you know, emissions for the markets, incentivize the markets with both emissions and um, incentivize the markets with both uh, emissions and the fees for the LPS. But, you know, we don't want to, we want to make sure that there's incentive to govern the protocol, because if there isn't, you know, there's not a governance free protocol. Just remember that we need to have governance. It's intrinsic in the protocol. Bitcoin has governance, ETH has governance. Anyone who says Bitcoin is not a governance token is also lying to you because it, it, miners might decide forks, like which is the longest chain. But in the end of the day, if the token, like Bitcoin holders, sell their Bitcoin and buy it on the minority chain, that minority chain will begin getting more hash power and will eventually become the the dominant chain as the other chain hash power drops on the other chain because no one wants the Bitcoin on the on the original longest chain. So it, you know, the idea of a governance token be a bad thing. It's really not. I think you know some things would fit really well into a governance token model. And you know, and I think you know, and I support ensuring that the consensus incentives. For staking SNX are are high, and yeah, that's the way I I see it.
2: I'm yes, also I, hoping I to you know, of that. a variation of you know
3: what I mentioned.
10: Yeah, I, I mean, I agree with with like some of what you're saying. Like, there's you know, there's always going to be we're we're going to need this incentive to like uh like properly govern the protocol, and so like you know, you you definitely need. Um, you definitely need some like incentive for people to to continue like holding this and and like uh not just holding it but like participate like active actively participating and so like know yeah, definitely um like interested to hear more um like v three kind of like tokenomics proposals that like in- include this kind of stuff like i i think it's just sort of um like you like to to sort of uh, continue one of your points like i i actually think it's inevitable that that other collaterals like have to enter the system Um, i think just like um you know like there's almost no situation where where we we wouldn't do it and if we don't do it uh properly or like proactively uh we'll we'll probably do it on our back foot um for for many reasons like if somebody sees this thing and uh decides to do something similar and like you know if there's a lot of value in in scaling using external collateral so um you know i'd be i'd be like scared for that future that's why like i you know i agree with i agree with million i agree with adam's point that like this is this is really um uh really kind of like critical point and and like i think this council like absolutely has to figure this out instead of sort of like um kicking kicking the can anymore especially with the with the launch of this um you know, upcoming.
7: Connor, I'd love to jump in with a a recommendation not to derail you, but I would love to get all the candidates on the record with more clarity in this conversation and propose three questions that are simple. Yes, no, or one word answer questions of should ETH be collateral? Should SNX be collateral and should SNX stakers get greater than 50% of the rewards? Um, I'd love to hear anybody who wants to answer those three questions.
2: I'll answer them uh, all maybe, maybe before,
12: maybe before we start doing that, I'd like to give some input. I think uh, it's very hard, I agree. Uh, new uh, new tokenomics is very hard, but I think we should have three basic principles that should be the basis of a new design. One, as an X should stay attractive as collateral. Number two, as an X should derive some value from all the activities in v3 and three stakers income should not be diluted with unnecessary liquidity and i think that's something that can slip in very easily uh, and that's something we need to really be very careful for and if i get elected as counselor I, I will you know we have to meet every week or very 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 often as long as
2: it takes to figure this out, kick it down the road again, people. Um, I'm going to jump in Oh. Uh, you're coming yeah, through. Yeah,
4: go ahead. You, you're yeah, through ML, before. go ahead. Sorry, I think I'm having some internet issues. Um, So I agree with Adam. We been ideal for tokenomics to be ready at the same time as v3 being ready but we have been working on v3 and we're still at the very start so we have this next epoch to determine v3 economics i mean the current sc should have pushed for resolution and we really haven't so i'm not sure we have the moral right to be annoyed at the state of affairs i at the same time i do think we still have time in this next epoch to to resolve everything i just wanted to say that because i i don't i think it'd be unfair to say that to to imply that um been been uh unconscionably slow on that
6: uh yeah for the past epoch, i have written a sip and initiated a number of convos around how to tax non SNX collateral in v3 discussions kind of lacked engagement it's kind of frustrating that we mostly discuss this on the panels only, uh, but all right, that's, that, that's the best. I uh, suppose we're not in a rush to get that solved. So
4: what does it take?
6: Yeah, so, so here's yeah, my take, so here's take my take. Uh, uh, just first my take, uh, majority of the value accrual should absolutely always flow back to SNX. We, we can enable non-SNX collateral in, in V3, even at zero fee share to it in Delta neutral markets maybe being able to leverage collateral at no fee uh may be sufficient incentive for you know many to deposit and delegate that collateral but of course if not having a clear incentive system in place for that non-snx collateral that we can control is obviously desired uh don't really want to go into details over you know different ways how this could work Uh, i have written and charted and brainstormed a lot in the relevant channels, but the gist is whatever we design, it should always prioritize significant value accrual to SNX and give a piece to the other collateral only up to the liquidity that we're desiring. And you know that's lacking from status quo of SNX collateral only. In other words, we, we should be able to quantify the liquidity gaps that we currently have with SNX collateral only uh, that we wanna fill with non-SNX collateral. So that's sort of like where my reasoning is going. Uh, and and I'm agreeing uh, with uh, with Gene there. Uh, we do not want unnecessary liquidity.
5: Uh, okay. Uh, so um, I I would say like currently like the box market at least like there is a limitation on the OI caps and they though they get hit like once in a while. I think when bull market comes, it'll be hit uh, much much more often and that will be like a limiting factor for scalability. And if the, pro- if the protocol wants to do 10 billion of volume per day, then there should be higher OA caps. And for higher OA caps, we need more liquidity. It can be done many ways. One is increasing the price of SNX to $100 and having a very, very large debt pool. Or we can have like um, ETH as collateral or many other tokens as collateral. So I think like whatever. Uh, so I, I I currently like uh, have the opinion of like adding ETH as collateral because that is the short term, it might make sense. And uh, like, if, uh, for example, if you want to have, let's say a hundred billion daily volume, what you need is a debt pool of at least 40 billion. And for that SNX market cap should be that much higher. So adding more collateral is long-term beneficial in my opinion. And I do agree with like giving SNX takers more rewards over like just ETH eat collaterals, because they are basically like uh staking ETH and like borrowing debt and the debt is just decreasing so there'll be like a lot of demand for it even if you don't give like that much apy on top of it. But...
9: yeah i'll i'll jump in and say the um the question of exactly how much to give snx stakers uh i i think kind of depends i think it's a uh it's a little bit of a red herring to say that we need to pick a number right now and stick with it for the life of the protocol um, because i think it depends how much we can actually scale right um we need to add uh some kind of uh some kind of additional collateral to scale in my opinion um i think it's not just about scaling it's also about the um you know the confidence that that people have coming in a lot of people really don't want to be exposed to susd because it's backed by snx this is something i hear over and over again from traders i'm trying to onboard um you can't, uh, you know, you experience significant slippage if you try to onboard uh, tens of millions of dollars. Um, and even when even when SNX uh, or SUSD is below peg, which is what we're seeing right now, um, that's not slippage. So there's a little bit of a like a misunderstanding uh, when when we're talking about this that SNX, uh, SUSD just being below peg doesn't necessarily mean that people who are entering aren't experiencing losses uh, from from the slippage. So, like, these are very practical problems that I would like to solve. I would like to see SUSD used uh, a lot more all over the DeFi ecosystem to make people comfortable holding it, and it'll make them more likely to use products built on top. Um, but yeah, I think like 50% or more would be a good starting point because we don't want to just blast the market with as much liquidity as possible. But if we do reach a point where, you know, we can 10x the use of the products by reducing that number, I don't see why we wouldn't. So I I don't think it needs to be a hard number. I think we just need to, um, we need to justify whatever number we choose with liquidity constraints. And we want to stay like slightly ahead of liquidity constraints. We don't want to react like we did with with Lyra sending SUSD to 120. Like you don't want to have your stablecoin at 120 before you do anything. Um, You want to do something beforehand and actually anticipate this. So that's really kind of the practical concerns I'm not that smart of a guy But um, I think I at least understand kind of these practical like how you actually use the product concerns and we want people to use the product So that's kind of my position. While I agree. We don't need a
7: number in cement forever I disagree on the idea that we don't need a number right now. This is something that should have been solved a while ago and even in this panel, we're still talking in very ivory tower ideals of here are the values we want this to have. We need to be talking about the practical implementation and I think we are all agreeing on core values and and core components that we would vote yes for, but it's all these, and this pieces that get this into you know sticking into the mud, we need to have something in place today and start scaling the system because this is now being put off for two epochs. Um, it, it it needs to happen.
3: So I'll answer uh, Adam's three questions really briefly. Um, ETH collateral definitely. I would support variations of ETH collateral, ReStake ETH, and wrap uh, stake ETH, rocket pool ETH as well um without like uh, giving favor to any particular staking pool um i would also support and you know a minority snx collateral you know some with like really aggressive risk parameters but uh, on like the greater than 50 percent fee share i don't think that makes economic sense why would you want to you know rip off your lps you want your lps to get ha- have sustainable income so you definitely want, don't want to do greater than 50 percent there and um <clears throat> so yeah i would i would definitely you know draw the line at that you know i would definitely say that you you want to make sure your lp like part of the whole issue that sometimes has faced all its life has been this liquidity constraint and you know it'd be short-sighted now to all of a sudden think that you know lps are not that important so yeah but, but remember like the most important thing i think is to move to on-chain governance and to set a fee share and, and then to let token holders control it from there i think that's the best way for it to be
2: honest All right, uh, Jackson. We didn't
0: we didn't hear from you. Do you have anything to
1: add yeah, on this? Uh... Um, yeah,
11: actually, yeah, had some thoughts on this as well. That um, I think we want <clears throat> to. So to answer Adam's question, uh, I think ETH is collateral. Yes, um, because obviously, um, as Bert has raised, um, people's views is that traders um, they would prefer, you know, more liquid uh, collateral in in the case backing the system um, and backing the um, SUSD stablecoin. Um, so I think opening up ETH as a collateral overall would bring on more uh, interest and capture more attention across the whole, um, you know, anyone with Ethereum would be like, okay, now Synthetics has Ethereum as a collateral, um, just the attention capture you can um, achieve from that um, is magnitude. It's worth uh, having that kind of uh, ETH collateral. And I then I also think um, another thing that we should be exploring as well, other than just. Um, you know, a, a, what's a fifty percent fee goes to uh, external collateral, but I think we really should look at um, in traditional uh, finance. We have a lot of things where uh, there are tranches. Uh, Tranching is a really big thing. Um, I think I want to push this in the next epoch um, that we should go and look at a model where, um, as an LP or collateral, you have SNX and let's say uh, other collateral, but. Any p and l losses um, would uh, based on different risk appetite of uh, uh, you know Lps we can have uh, sNX take more of a fee, but any p and l would also be apportioned to the sNX uh, stakers, for example so I think having different tranches of um, kind of like risk would be an interesting product as well um, so not just a flat or x fifty percent goes to Uh, ETH collateral or SNX but I think by having something like this we can still have the majority of uh, fees captured by SNX but backed by other collateral so kind of like a mix so I I would say different tranches would be something um, I would want to push for v3 in this epoch
2: Thank you very much, Jackson,
0: yeah, and yeah. everyone for your responses. Anyone have anything to add on tokenomics before we move on to
1: closing remarks? All right. Thank you. We've reached the end of the questions and now it's time to hear closing remarks from each candidate. Millie, we'll hear your closing
3: remarks first. Sure. Um, so I just want to bring up something that hasn't been brought up. Um, like I, I know DeFi is going through like, you know, a tough phase, but from what I'm seeing, like in the trenches. Decentralization is improving over time. Every protocol has is better now than it was before. Most of them, anyway. Um, you know, you're seeing a lot of improvements across the board, and I feel like Synthetics has come a long way. And you know, part of the reason it's come so far is because like Synthetics governance and the community has been able to price risk so well. So over time, so like think about it, like how much of volatility we've seen over the past few years, and Synthetics has somehow managed to make make it through it, even though like you know all these protocols have had insolvencies and issues and death spirals. No one, everyone would have thought synthetics would have one just because of the endogenous collateral and like sort of that mechanism of you know minting against SNX, yet it didn't, right? And that's because the community had really good um, ability to price risk. And so I feel like the protocol in the long term needs to go in that direction and you know continue that direction. I think the best way to do it is to ensure that you know there's adequate consensus incentives and that means governance which means I think we should be moving to on-chain governance. I know it's it seems like implausible right now, but th- there's a huge development recently with LLMs that sort of breaks through this barrier that we have where you have to be highly technical to make a proposal or to make a sccp or push it on chain. Like, you know, for example, a really smart person speak really smart person but they don't know solidity, right? And so they can't really deploy proposals themselves. But with LLMs, if we can create and this is very practical right now. I'm not talking about any sort of futuristic things. Right now we can improve decentralization by creating governance um, helpers and like that are LLM trained, you know, basically even on chat GPT, and they could essentially know, they'll know all of the synthetic contracts, all of the syntax documentation, all the literature, and they'll be able to help people in the documents and be able to deploy basic, um, you know, SIPs and SCPs like new markets or new, um, like for free through new markets or for, you know, SECPs to change parameters. And so this, you know, improves the ability to, to execute decentralized governance by order of magnitude and you know by several orders of magnitude and so when you think of it that way the idea that we move to on-chain governance where the token governs the protocol is actually not very difficult and you know I, th- I think that's the direction we need to go to where the token holders make these serious decisions where we set a fee you know uh, some sort of fee tier, some sort of structure for v3 and then we eventually transition to let token holders make the ultimate decisions on what these things are and if somebody like Sam in the community who wants to like you know, a poll that wants to like, accumulate like millions of SNX and make decisions. Now they can, you know, they're empowered to do so because they have like, you know, these governance helpers that they could, you know, you know um, make proposals to, to tweak fees, to do, you know, different things. And they have the SNX to uh, pass the votes and they're empowered to do it. And so I think that's a direction we need to go to. And I and I don't want it to seem futuristic or like sci-fi stuff. This is very practical to happen right now. I'm pretty sure Maker's are already working on a uh, similar uh, idea. And it really just like, once we have V3 out, and it's functioning and people know that it's working, it's really not much to, you know, um, begin working and getting some MLMs, uh, LLMs trained on the synthetics uh, architecture and, and, you know, using that for some governance as well. So that's my view for synthetics, And I think, um, you know, long-term, we have to move to on-chain token holder governance and have this system completely governed by token holders, you know, but we could have like delegates and, um, you know, we could have a, dele- a voting delegate model, but at the end of the day, I think we need to transition to on-chain voting after we. Recent- To be, you know, pretty much picked up.
2: Thank you, Millie. ML, closing remarks from you, please. Uh, Do we still have ML on the call? Yes, yes, sorry. Um,
4: Okay, my closing remarks are going to be a lot shorter. Um, it's a very, very exciting epoch, I think one that will see the launch of a system that everybody's really proud of, culmination of many years of hard work. Acutely, I think we also need to, I mean, obviously on this call, we need to figure out and hammer down V 3 tokenomics and integrated incentives. Um, and I hope to help shepherd it towards achieving all our ambitions. Um, also, PS: I will be offline from Friday until next Wednesday, which is the last day of voting. So, if I'm not on Discord, don't hold that against me. That's all.
0: Thank you, ML
6: Cyber Cyber Duck. Uh, closing remarks from you, please. I uh, love to be in the council again to continue what I'm doing. So, specifically focus on helping a uh, couple devs. Uh, Launch the Thales v3 pool, uh, basically a non perp pool. Let's have something exotic, uh, proof of concept that v3 works, and uh, hopefully, you know, contribute to uh, get the continued convoys around tokenomics. Hopefully, we finally nail it down and crack it and, you know, launch v3 and have it utilized. Thank you, Doc.
7: Adam, closing uh, my candidacy can be summed up in four simple points this epoch first kill inflation unless it's rewarding clear and measurable value for the protocol uh, second kill stipends and treasury spend until we resolve tokenomics and stop talking in ivory tower Uh, Third, an SIP for ETH and SNX collateral with over 50% of rewards going to SNX stakers and adjust from there on v3 tokenomics. And number four, I will never vote in favor of any chat GPT code being deployed into production.
3: Well, you wouldn't be able to deploy it into production, but it would be off-chain governance helper. And it's mandatory to. You'd have to have it, like, it, it's,
0: it's mandatory for every protocol going forward. Thank you, Adam. Uh, Bert, closing remarks, please.
9: Yeah, so, um, first, I'm just really glad to see uh, a couple new faces here running for governance. Um, I I would I love to see the, the turnover here because I like the idea that more community members are participating. Um, I think one of the things that I would like to see, other than what we've discussed, um, uh, brought into governance this epic is a return to a little more of a direct interface with the community. Um, I know in the past we had done uh, public um, public meetings once a week. I, I think if there's reason for private meetings, that's fine. But I think we should have more regular meetings with the community where people can actually come on and talk to us. Um, and I plan to continue much of uh, of how I've approached governance, which is to recognize that maybe i don't know what i'm talking about all the time but um but to really go and try to canvas uh opinions and views um, uh, from from community members and stakeholders whether that's in discord or traders or, or anybody else um, so that's really what i want to see uh us improve this this epoch is um, more interfacing with the community uh and and keep pushing toward that forever.
2: Thank you, Bert. Uh, Jean, closing remarks from you, please. Uh, I've heard plenty of good ideas around
12: uh, the the new V three tokenomics. I'm happy that the discussion is started. I hope it can keep going. Um, I'd almost say that voting for me is like a
2: like a soft protest vote. You know, we were stuck in a rut. Get out of it. Uh, Gene, I think we might have lost you again.
0: Last thing we heard was stuck in a rut. Are you there? You hear me?
1: Yeah, much better now. Uh, I
12: lost my train of thought. Um. us uh, see. Yeah. If I get elected, I will defend uh, the value proposition of, of, of SNX with my life. I've given a couple uh, concrete um, principles that use to build up the, the new economics. Uh, I've discussed with some people like Cyberduck. We, we went to some models. Uh, I think if we keep doing that, we'll get better and better and better. And in the end, we will find a system that fits and makes all parties happy. Uh, that's basically my wish for this epoch. Uh, I think uh, I could serve the community very good. I think there is a lot of talk of we need experts, we need integrators, but we also need uh, very strong, uh, well, token holders' reper- representatives. And I think that's not something that's enough in the council right now. Ultimately, Uh, I think the first mandate of the Spartan Council should be defend the interests of the stakers. I think we should go uh, back to the principle. That's the end. Thanks for listening. And, uh, well, be critical with your votes. Uh, Look at the promises of past council members and ask for accountability. Uh, That's all I can ask as a fellow
0: staker. Uh, Good luck. Have a nice week. Thank you. Thank you, Gene. Uh, Troy, closing remarks from you, please.
10: Uh, yeah, sure. So, well, first of all, I'd like to thank you, Connor, and like everyone for 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 organizing this, but also everyone for showing up. Like, there's a lot of great ideas, like excitement around here. So it's good to hear, um, you know, everyone's opinions on this stuff. Um, for anyone who's undecided, uh, like I, I hope you consider me. Um, be looking for someone who like you know, has these strong opinions isn't willing to share them, but is also uh, curious, like open to these new ideas and um information and like feedback from the community. kind kind of like Bert said, I think it's I think it's really important to to like first and foremost listen to to the people who voted for us. so um, so I'll be doing that, and I'm like, you know opinionated but but willing to change my mind if um if I see some new information. Uh, you know, as the synthetics data guy i I dig through this performance data um, you know, measure like the markets and like the user behavior and all this stuff on the product side but i'm but I'm just as excited to to use um, as much of the information as we can to uh, to apply to like governance and and tokenomics and these incentives. so yeah, thanks everyone for uh, for coming
11: up.
1: And thank you, Troy Jackson. Uh, closing remarks from you, please.
11: Uh, yeah, thank you. So, um yeah, just for closing remarks, I think for this epoch, um, <clears throat> for the next epoch, you know, there's, there's two things I would want to focus on and push ahead. Is um, so, how could uh, we have cross margin uh, or cross uh, cross chain liquidity? So people can, uh, regardless of what chain uh, people are uh, have that liquidity on or margin, they can uh, use synthetics. Um, and trade, or you know, use Quinto, or colonial 5. And a second one would be to, as people have said, you know, one of the question is, uh, it seems like the feeling is V3 where we're hitting this bottleneck on deciding um, to, uh, each collateral and a percentage share. So I think we would wanna push that in this epoch as well um, to have a find a solution and a product that would fit, um, you know, where a, Majority of the fees are still uh, accrued um, to SNX uh, collateral, and also we can have ETH collateral as a another, um, you know, more more liquid asset backing the, um, the 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 purpose or the liquidity. And I think those those are the two things that I w- would really push for in this
2: epoch um, to be resolved. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you, Jackson. And Gotham,
5: closing remarks from you, please. Yeah, one of the main reasons we uh, decided to be at the Spartan Council is because there are very less people, at least on the Spartan Council, who have like skin in the game. They don't have anything to lose if the SIP passes on time or things like that. So a lot of things are like, like for example, like a lot of times, like a lot of concern have been posted many times. None of the people in the Spartan Council cares to respond or even. even Write an SAP to solve the problem. And if the plan is to be a platform where like, a lot of integrators are there, at least the pain point should be addressed as long as X, and X is trying to be a liquidity layer. And currently, it is like I, I've, I haven't seen like most of them even write an SAP last time. And it's kind of like very bad because, at least from our perspective, like we tell stuff like I don't even know who to talk to. It's a decentralized thing other than core contributors where like which are like non-governance based those things get done but like anything that is based on governance it's fully like a black box you have no idea what is happening none of the people take any responsibility it is just a nightmare to work with so i just wanted to be better so that there is some way that integrators can come tell this is a problem so that it gets fixed at least in like a month or something not like it was for hundreds of years and becomes a pain and then just people just leave if you look at it there have been like five or six purpose integrators, there is just Quenda and polynomial surviving. And that's mostly because we've been here for a very long time. And if this culture continues, this is not going to work and it's going to screw up the whole thing. And it doesn't matter what is, what you know you guys plan to do, but like it won't work. So it needs to stop. And people, more people with skin in the game should be there. And we will need to be more serious because a lot of people like depend their lives and jobs on this thing.
0: Great. Thank you, Gotham. Uh, That brings us to the end of this discussion. As always, the
1: recording will be available on our podcast to make sure everyone has a chance to listen before the voting deadline. Thank you, everyone, for being here and taking the time uh, to participate
0: in this EPICS election panel. Good luck, Spartans.
2: Thanks, Connor. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, guys.